0: You're listening to The Rainmaking Podcast, hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. You're listening to The Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thank you for joining me on the show. I hope you're getting some great value out of all the conversations we're having with our experts here. One thing they all have in common is that it's going to give you value. Uh, we have an interesting program with a different guest type of guest on today. His name is Darren Wurz. He's a financial planner. And the topic for today is how rainmakers can be more effective with managing cash flow with Darren Wurz. Make sure you go to the show notes and check out his podcast called The Law Your Millionaire. And look at his book by the same name, all the links for that or on the show notes, wherever you listen to the podcast, just go to the show notes and connect with him and also connect with him on LinkedIn. This is something I think is going to help you. I got some great insights out of it myself. And it's always good to learn new ideas. There's never any downside in keeping an open mind and learning something that's going to help you. Also, as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions, Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And now here's my conversation with Darren Worse. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Our guest today is Darren Wirtz, and our topic title is How Rainmakers Can Be More Effective with Managing Cash Flow. Darren, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. I'm excited to be here and
1: talk with you today.
0: Yeah, this is great. And I like your perspective. I like the fact that you're niched within legal. And for those listeners, even if you're not in legal, the concepts obviously are malleable to people that are professional service providers or people in sales, people that make money and need Mm -hmm. to manage their cash flow. And so let me ask you this, Darren, when you work with people that are high performers, they're making money, they're bringing it in. What -hmm. do you think is the biggest concern that they have in terms of managing their cash flow? Let's kind of start with the big rocks in the bucket, so to speak. I think the, the
1: top one that comes across is the variability in their cash flow you know, that may not have kind of a steady income. A lot of rainmakers are in that kind of position. Do you find that's very similar?
0: It depends on the firm, smaller firms. It might be like that. And I know some partners I place with big firms where they get a small draw and for three or four months, they get nothing. And then a big check in the first quarter, you know, (laughs) so absolutely. That's a, that's a big issue.
1: Yeah. It seems to be kind of the top concern, you know, and then it makes it really hard to budget your income is fluctuating month to month, but you are making great money. And I find that, um, the folks that I work with, you know, the other concern they have is they, they really don't know. They don't know what's happening with their money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They've got money coming in and money going out and they're spending, but they, they're not doing any personal budgeting or tracking of their expenses. And they've experienced what I call lifestyle creep. So As their income has grown, they've expanded their lifestyle. And, yeah. you know, they find themselves where they're making great money, but they don't have the personal wealth, you know, that corresponds. You know, they're yeah. making three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year, but they don't have much in their actual personal investments yeah. to to speak to it. They're living in a big house, they've got a huge mortgage payment, um private school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all of these things, right? <laughs> they're spending Yacht in Annapolis. 10, 20, right. <laughs> uh, their Amazon bill is 20 grand a year, you know, all these things happen. And then it's like, okay, wait a minute. Where's the money? Where's it going? Where has yeah. it gone?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I remember the very first time years ago, when I started recruiting partners in DC, I'll never forget the first time a partner told me this. He said, when I'm talking about his comp expectations. And he said, for me to be able to cover what it takes for me to live, I can't make less than $450,000. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, wow. But you see it. And that's yeah. you know the people that you and I deal with. That's normal where they are. So I absolutely see the whole lifestyle creep. So we've mm-hmm. got two big rocks in the bucket, variability in cash flow. Mm-hmm. Number two, they don't know what's happening with their money, the lifestyle creep. What would you say would be another, because I want to go back over these one by one, what would be another big variable that's top of mind for them?
1: Well, I think as a result of that, they feel like they're on this hamster wheel. And they know they want to get off at some point, but they're just not sure that's going to be possible, yeah, yeah, you know we talk about it. It's not just for budgeting and cash flow management is not just for people who are trying to make ends meet. I find that people who are making really good money are in the same position of struggling to make ends meet, and if your annual spend is four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you're going to need a
0: lot of money to retire, yeah, that's right, that's right, so that makes it tough so what what do you think then? And maybe we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. What should be the target? Let's just say 450 or 500. They've got to put money away for taxes. They've got to have their lifestyle. What should their target be in terms of what they're actually banking in investments or other investable assets each year? What do you think should be the formula for that?
1: It really depends on a lot of different factors. But if, you know, to give you kind of a benchmark, you should be saving at least 10% of your income. Yeah. maybe even closer to 20 10 to 20% of your income you know think about maybe an employee who works at a big company and has a 401k and a 401k match you know and maybe they're putting in 10% and the company's matching 10% you know if you're a law firm owner you don't have an employer who's doing that stuff for you yeah. and so you have to be really purposeful about making sure you are putting money into your retirement accounts and not just your retirement accounts, your other investments too, and building up your cash flow buffer, you know, building up your regular investments and things like that. That's great.
0: So, what should that pie chart of investments look like? What do you think should be in some sort of a tax friendly vehicle, other regular investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or whatever? and other investments, like I'm going to buy a chain of grocery stores or something like that. What does that pie chart usually look at for the people that you work with? Oh boy, well, I could write a whole book on this uh,
1: subject. <laughs> uh, and I did write a book and there's a lot of that information in there. But I think, you know, you definitely want, if you're making really, you know, a lot of money each year, you want to take advantage of your ability to put into pre-tax accounts. yeah, And that's going to really help you to, Minimize that tax burden because if you're up there in the tax brackets, you're paying a hefty amount. And you especially want to take advantage of that in those years where, speaking of fluctuating income, you know, let's say you have a really fantastic year. You want to, you know, don't go out and buy that boat you've been wanting to buy necessarily. Stick a bunch of money in pre tax and try to cut your taxes down because hopefully a lot of times you're not going to be in as high of a tax bracket later in retirement. And so if you can put some money in the pre-tax buckets, the the IRAs, the 401ks, you know, things like that, you're gonna be able to save money on taxes pretty effectively on the long-term. Now, having said that, I will say, I am a really, really big fan of the Roth. You put money in a Roth, you're paying the taxes today, but when the money goes in there, it's all your money. It's all post-tax money. And as it grows, you know, it's all going to be tax-free down the road. When you take money out of it, you're not going to have to pay taxes on taking money out of it. Even if it makes a lot of sense to get some tax deductions by putting money in the pre-tax, I think it's really smart to have some money in the Roth because you want to be able to manage your taxable distributions and your taxes later in retirement. And also, you know, I'm a big fan of trying to put myself into a tax free position, you know, so I can have some tax-free income later in retirement. You know, I think that's really, really critical. So especially as you're getting up there in the, in the tax brackets, you want to take advantage of your backdoor Roth IRA yeah. options, yeah. your backdoor, uh, mega backdoor through the 401k, you know, so don't neglect the Roth really be purposeful about doing the Roth because here's the thing, right? You got Roth money, you got pretext, let's see how a hundred thousand dollars in an IRA. hmm you don't have $100,000. Part of that is the government's money that's going to have to give back to the government in the form of taxes. (laughs) Yeah. So it's deceptive. You know, if you have $100,000 in a Roth IRA, that's all your money. Yeah, that's great. That's great.
0: Yeah. That's really good advice. Let me ask you then, let's say somebody does these things and they they decided after hearing this show, they want to do some cleaning up. It's spring cleaning in terms of personal finances. And they want to review it. They want to see where is my money going. And this is interesting because whenever I recruit partners about going to another firm, we have to look at their business, their portable business, their clients. And I tell them, even if you actually end up staying at your own firm, just going through who your clients are and how much you're getting from them each year is a healthy exercise. The same thing with personal finances also. This is a healthy exercise. There's not a lot of downside in doing what what we're talking about right now. I, I can't think of any. <laughs> so, so let's say they want to uh, hit on point number two that we talked about. They don't know what's happening with their money. They've got lifestyle creep. Uh, let's talk about that for a bit. What, what would you recommend that they do uh, to really dig deep into their personal finances? Uh, what tools do you recommend? Things like that. Yeah, step number one, figure out where the money's going.
1: And the way you do that, there's a couple ways Uh, The way I do it with clients is we simply download all your transactions for last year. Mm -hmm. So we want to get a look at the whole year. Where's all your money going? What are your expenses like? Mm -hmm. So we're going to start by, you know, looking through all your statements for last year, for 22, we'll download all your transactions, categorize them, figuring out how much you're spending in each category, you know, how much is going towards food and dining. how much is going towards clothes and shopping. Mm -hmm. When you actually sit down and look at the numbers, it can be shocking. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And you can make some great discoveries. And I think the number one thing is awareness. And a lot of times we just don't have awareness. And sometimes people are scared of the the B word, the budget word, (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be super labor intensive. The first step is just awareness. Where is the money going? I want to know, and I want to have a handle on it. Now, you can do a lot of this on your own. There are programs that can help you. uh, Use a personal finance program. One that I like and have used for many, many years is Mint.com. Mint, M-I-N-T? M-I-N-T.com. It's owned by QuickBooks now. Okay. And I've used it for a really, really long time. What you can do with it is you can link it to all your various spending accounts. Mm -hmm. And it will automatically import all of your transactions from those different accounts. You know, I don't know if you're like me, you maybe have various credit cards, you have a Mm -hmm. bank account and, you know, you have spending across all these different accounts. And so what that does is it allows you to bring all your transactions into one place and then you can review and categorize them. That's a great way to do it. And there are other personal finance programs out there like that. Mint is free. That's what I like about it. There's some ads on the platform. So, you know, you have to deal with that a little bit. but it's mm-hmm. a great, excellent tool. I would say if you're doing spring cleaning, you're cleaning up your finance. That's step number one. Great, you know, go through your transactions, get some awareness of where the money's going. Yeah, that's great.
0: That's great. And then once once you do that, then what? And by the way, does this program so it can pull from credit cards? Let's say use uh, like I run my business on my credit card, pay it down every month, and you know I'm a, a executive platinum on American. I started doing that coincidentally the time they changed the algorithm to reward that more than air travel. So now I'm at the point I get upgraded even on my award travel, which is frequent. I run my mm-hmm. whole business and personal life on that and pay it down twice a month, you know? And so so if I get that and let's say a debit card for other personal stuff, what are some other bank accounts or other accounts that we should get ready to import into mint.com? Uh, yeah,
1: anything, you know, credit cards, bank accounts, checking account, okay. savings accounts, anything that you are using to make purchases. And of course, you know if you want to take it a step further, you can connect your other accounts, your investment accounts and things like that. And you can keep track of your broader financial picture. And I'm okay. glad you mentioned business. So let's talk for a second yeah. about that. Keep your personal and business transactions and accounts separate. Yep, that's please. right. Yep. <laughs> it's so important. But I'm surprised. I'm surprised with the number of people I work with who have. They have separate personal and business accounts, mm-hmm. but they're still making business purchases on their personal credit card. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they're still you know, they're struggling with taking distributions from the business, but then having to put money back in the business because they're running into cash flow issues.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: So you've got to really try and keep those things distinct and separate from each other. That's really critical for your long-term success.
0: Absolutely. That's great. That's good to know. And so what's the frequency once we get this system set up here? How often do you recommend that we review our books? Is it four weeks before taxes are due? where we do a whole year's worth of of bookkeeping. And I'm not going to say I've done that before. I've gotten a lot better. And so what what do you recommend the frequency is that people, once they get the system set up, they actually go through and review everything?
1: Yeah, definitely not once a year, a few weeks before (laughs) tax deadline. Because here's the thing, you're going to be looking back at, you know, transactions that were nine months ago and going, okay, what what did I buy at Home Depot and why? Yeah. Right. That's right. So, I mean, and I, my short term memory doesn't even go back a couple of weeks ago before I'm scratching my head at certain things. So, you know, at least on a monthly basis, that's great. Actually, what would be better would be weekly. Now that sounds crazy, but if you do it weekly, it doesn't take you very long, you know, spend 15 minutes on a Saturday morning going through your, your personal transactions and putting them in categories. Yeah, that goes great. very fast. Yeah. yeah,
0: so you can go through like download it off of your credit card statement or debit card statement. What I usually do, I'll put them in an Excel spreadsheet and then yeah. do the calculation tool for each column, and then put those in the different categories. It keeps it separate. I'm able mm-hmm. to track it. Whatever you can measure can be improved over time. I remember when COVID hit, and I started going over my my books. I was amazed. At how much I was spending on whining and dining, uh, which isn't a bad thing because it's all business. I mean, it is all business. This is my life and uh, meeting with partners all the time, buying them drinks and fancy dinners and stuff. But I was amazed to see, wow, am I really spending that much on that? So it was kind of a big a big wake-up call that wow, I need to pay more attention to this. So the question I have for you, Darren, who else should they have in their corner? Besides you or someone like you, who are the other people? this rainmaker should have that can help them figure out and track all this stuff and everything else that they have to deal with.
1: well, a lot of times they have a bookkeeper and I find that that's very, very helpful. The issue that I run into or that my clients run into is they're, they're too busy, you know, and this is true of law firm owners. It's true of, you know, salespeople that are, you know, kind of running their own business. It's true of law partners. They're so busy they just don't have time to manage the cash flow and and do a lot of these things. So, you know, a lot of my clients, they already have a bookkeeper. And, and if they don't, I recommend they get one for their business. Yeah, And then, you know, hey, why not have a bookkeeper for your personal finances too? You know, who can help you sort of, you know, do that categorizing and things like that. If you don't have the time to do it, have somebody who can do it for you. And that's one of the things that we can do. And we do also for our clients Uh, who need that service.
0: Okay, so what should be the expectations? If we have a bookkeeper, let's say I'm a partner in a big firm, I'm not doing the firm's books at all. I'm just managing my own income and cash flow. What would be my expectations of this bookkeeper? What are they actually going to do? What information do I need to get them? How often are we communicating? And those sorts of things.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know, I would communicate at least uh, once a month to review, you know, they're going to probably create like a cash flow report for each month for you to show you in a year to date cash flow report that shows where your money's going, kind of like a profit and loss statement for a business. And then you can, you know, review that with them and then kind of see where you want to go with it and make sure you're on track. Part of the initial setup of all of this is making sure you have a cash flow plan. And I like to use that word instead of, or that term instead of budget, because really it is a plan for how I'm going to allocate my money. You only have, you have a limited amount of money, right? X amount of dollars. Okay. Now, where do you want it to go? And it's really, it's not about, oh, shame on you. You need to cut back on this or that. You know, it's about where do you really want the money to go? And let's make sure it goes there.
0: Yeah, that's great. I'd like that perspective a lot better. I think the word budget, you're right. It It connotates limitations and you can't go to Disney this year and get the speed pass. You're going to go to Busch Gardens. (laughs) And and so, you know, (laughs) so I I like that. I like cash flow plan. I feel like I'm super smart when I say that. I like that a lot. That's a great (laughs) idea. So what, what are the pitfalls that you've seen people fall into as they're managing their personal finances? What are some of the big danger areas they need to watch out for as they're starting to make improvements? Yeah, the big
1: one I think is that a lot of us tend to save what's left over. Mm. And I think it's important to treat saving like a bill. You know, treat it like a bill that has to be paid. It's the light bill. I got to pay it <laughs> or the lights won't be on. You know what I mean? If you need to allocate a certain amount to retirement savings, think of it like your that's my future light bill. If I don't yeah. pay that, I'm not going to be to pay my uh, 60 year old self isn't going to be able to pay the light bill. Right. So think about it in terms of that and actually put that first. You know, when you're doing your cash flow plan, start with that. How much money do I need to save for retirement? And then along with that, you know, let's not just think about retirement. We can have fun with it. You know, this should be inspirational and motivational. Let's think about the next five years. What are some things that you really want to buy in the next five years? Do you want to maybe put a hot tub in the backyard? Do you want to, you know, buy that new sports car you've wanted? You know what I mean? Let's create some goals. Okay, so let's create a goal. It doesn't have to be all about retirement because you need to think about that. But at the same time, the reality of the situation is we don't know what tomorrow brings. And so you have to have a healthy balance of enjoying the present moment and making sure you don't neglect to save for the future. So let's create some goals along the way. Let's slowly build the lifestyle that we want, and let's be purposeful with it. And you know, when you, when you think about it that way, it's like, okay, you know, it's not about, oh, I can't spend money. It's about, I can spend money, but I want to make sure I'm spending it on the things that really matter and are important
0: to me. Yeah, that's great. That's so wise, Darren, that really is. So let me ask you then, as we kind of bring things to a close, if we're looking at three action steps, if we want to take this and here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, what would you recommend people do? Well, number one, I would say, check me out.
1: <laughs> uh, you can head on over to thelawyermillionaire.com. Good, good. and
0: Thelawyermillionaire.com. And we're going to put that yeah. link on our show notes also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's all, all kinds of information about me is there, the, the link to the book, the podcast, It's all right there for you so you can learn all about the different services that we provide. Mm -hmm. Step number two, we talked about this, would be make sure that you are, you know, setting up some kind of system to track your cash flow. Yep. You know, start with that. You know, whether that's mint.com or some other kind of platform or Excel, you know, that can work too. You know, whatever works best for you, create some kind of system that you are tracking and, and monitoring it. And then third that goes along with that, create a time that works for you on a weekly basis to review that. And if you're married or you are in a relationship, bring your spouse or your partner into that meeting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, once a week, just have a money meeting or have a money date, you know, and, and check in, look at the spending. And uh, you guys can get on the same page with money. You know, Man, money that's is great. A, that's a, great. a big source yeah. of strife for a lot of people. So it helps get on the same page.
0: Yeah, I like that. A money date. How, how innovative is that? I think that's great. Absolutely. I remember, Yeah, I remember hearing another financial planner. I think it must have been Suze Orman or someone like that. She talked about the relationship with money, that in a marriage, that's usually the last hurdle a couple has to get over and really yeah. get to know each other. And that's where it really counts. I mean, it counts, of course, in other areas as, as well. But you're absolutely right. That's, uh, yeah, that's important. I like that money data. I like that idea of bringing your uh, significant other into the conversation and show them what's going on. So that's great. Yeah. I,
1: I just say a lot of people that I work with, you know, they've been married for a long time and they still are doing completely separate things with their money. And and yeah. that's stressful
0: because it, it, yeah. to not know what's happening. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're definitely in it together, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Well, tell us about your offerings, your services. You mentioned your book and we're going to put all of the links on our show notes here. So if you're listening, you want to reach out to Darren, You want to check out his book or other resources, make sure you go to the show notes where you hear this podcast. But tell us about your other things that you want our listeners to know about you, Darren.
1: Yeah, we've created a really innovative process for financial planning for law firm owners. And it can apply to anyone, really. But this reason it's designed for law firm owners is we really take a deep dive into the planning process. It's a flat monthly fee. And what we do in the initial part of that process is we create a detailed, Comprehensive plan for your overall finances. We start with really trying to figure out okay, where are you trying to go with this? What is the life that you're trying to create? And we create a plan. And part of that involves reviewing your spending, looking at your cash flow, helping you create that cash flow plan. You know, we help you create goals for the future, the next five years, next 10 years, and retirement that are real specific, dollar amount focused and then we'll help you set up your buckets for putting money into those different goals we'll help you create the cash flow plan but then most importantly is we help you monitor and implement the plan and make sure you're staying on track with it That's so we'll help you create that cash flow report each month we help you set you up with a personal financial dashboard that includes your cash flow all kinds of personal finance metrics your goals that you're trying to get to And then we send you an updated version of that on a monthly basis, help you make sure you're staying on track, meet with you on a quarterly basis to review all of your finances and just coordinate everything together. As I mentioned, that's a flat monthly fee. So you don't have to have any investments to do that. In fact, you don't have to, you can manage your investments on your own if you want to. Mm -hmm. If you do want us to manage your investments for you, in addition to that, we will, we can do that, but that's not necessary. And I like that arrangement. I find that a lot of people prefer that type of arrangement because that's really the help that they need is the detailed planning.
0: That's great. Well, Darren, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom with us. I'd love to have you back on here in a few months. And uh, definitely thank you again. We're going to put all your information on the show notes, like I mentioned. And for everybody listening, reach out to Darren, connect with him on LinkedIn, Uh, get his book. And uh, Darren, thank you again for sharing what you shared with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's been great. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.